Welcome everybody. It is Club Fantasies No Punt Intended. It's me, Joshua Hudson, Ryan Weiss, and our guest contributor, Chris Molina. Ryan, I saw I saw your your reactions. <laughs> I tried to warn people. These were very cringeworthy. I don't I don't do shows. Not what I do. Well, on top of the intro, Josh has very clearly had a few to drink tonight. So inebriated. We are going very to have... much so. Margaritas for everybody. All right, well, let's get it. But I will say, if there's ever a time to get drunk, it's when you're holding yourself accountable to numbers you tried to guess five months ago. So... You're not kidding. Let me tell you, Chris. Thank you for joining us. And I'm I, I will be straight up. I'm gonna intro you in every single section that we come up with tonight, because that's really what we should do. On no pun intended, <laughs> start with our guests. So I'm gonna start with this because I'm fairly certain that Ryan probably didn't think of it. There you go, Ryan on the bottom, Whoa. Chris on the top. We start with our guests. I don't know what to do now. Yeah, you're good. Just whatever, yeah. whatever section I start with. I mean, you have the show sheet. You you know what it is what it is with. All right, we are going to start with our running back accountabilities this week. But I do want to get into our normal little like segues. What we do, which is sort of the the news of the week, and we talked about last week the head coaches that got fired and we sort of glossed over the Houston Texans because they hadn't fired their head coach. Actually, and then fair. all of a sudden after Wednesday, they said, Oh, we're just going to fire Dave Cully because <laughs> of his philosophy of, Oh, we have the 32nd raised ranked offense. And I don't want to make any changes. So Chris, I want to start with you. I feel like we all knew that Dave Culley was a one-and-done head coach. But the fact that last week we started yesterday's show with him still being a head coach. Give us your thoughts. I I feel like we kind of hit on this last time. Um, I don't remember who said it, but they said the only re- you know, if Dave Culley gets fired this year after what he did, the reason being is he was hired to be fired at the end of the year. That, that was me um, because I said that. And I think I thought, that is so true. Well, and I thought he was fired already. I did all of last week's show under the premise that he was fired and you guys corrected <laughs> me. I was like, I thought he was done. <laughs> you you jumped the gun. We don't know about. Jump the gun. <laughs> yeah. Stop being Who's a prophet, this weekend, Ryan? All right? Just stop. <laughs> all right. Dave Culley's done in Houston, and we now have, what is it, eight head coaches that need to be hired? Okay, none have Should be been... nine. Should be nine sure. after should, Arizona's should, performance should. on Monday night. Hey, I, I'm... Ryan, Joe put out a nice little video yeah. calling you out for your uh, Arizona uh, would be in the Super Bowl talk. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes to talk on that before we move on. I mean, in all honesty, <laughs> Joe is right and Chris is right. Cliff Kingsbury is an issue. 
at the beginning of the season, I choose who I think my four favorite teams are. And I terribly underestimated Chris's Rams. I mean, that's all it really comes down to. When I started reading um, articles where people were projecting the Rams as like Super Bowl favorites and shit, I straight up was like, what am I not seeing about the Rams? And man, I just wasn't seeing it. And I was clearly seeing it with the Cardinals. I thought they could overplay Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. I thought Kyler Murray was that good. I thought DeAndre Hopkins was that good. And I thought J.J. Watt, I said this at the beginning, I thought the addition of J.J. Watt was what that defense needed. Losing J.J. Watt is when their win streak ended and a lot of things like started to fall apart around that point. But there's no excuse for what happened on Monday. And it's getting to the point now where we have to question Kyler's legitimacy as an elite NFL quarterback. Fantasy-wise, he's going to be fine. But fine wasn't supposed to be where he was. He was supposed to be one of those top five guys. And I don't know that we can quite say that right now. No, we can. I think, you know, um, Cliff is is to blame here a lot. Like I said, his offense is very vanilla. Um, But, you know, without Hopkins, that wide receiver room, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, and Rondell Moore, that's not exactly the cream of the crop there. Yeah, it's very true. And Rondell Moore, talk about a guy who, I mean, people loved him and then they loved the landing spot. And then DeAndre Hopkins gets hurt and it kind of opens this door and he just never does anything with it. So, Yeah, how much do you think DeAndre Hopkins not being there was a big issue for the Cardinals? I'm, I'm, I'm curious, really, because he's supposed to be there next year. Like, are the Cardinals a team that we're going to believe in next year? I think, I mean, Chris, it, opened we'll up, start with you. it would open up a lot, uh, especially against a team like the Rams with one true shutdown corner. And, um, AJ Green was completely taken out of that game. He had zero receptions and I think like three targets. None, none of them were even close. Uh, that could have been Hopkins. Well, AJ Green could have had like six for hundred and touchdown or something. Yeah. Right. Believing in them would be hard at this point. You assume most of the Rams are back next year. Cause they have all these like weird contracts to begin with. So you assume it's going to be a, a same Rams team, just a year older. And I don't see this Cardinals team being able to best this Rams team. Um, assuming Cliff Kingsbury still the coach. And I, I don't see that changing after a playoff run Could, but I don't see it happening. Um, so will I believe in them for fantasy purposes? Absolutely. Uh, Deandre Hopkins was averaging almost a touchdown a game. So fantasy purposes, I'm still bought in on this squad. Real NFL playoff purposes, as Joe will gladly tell anybody, my money will not be going towards the Arizona Cardinals next season. So. <laughs> I love the fact that he was pretty vocal about that point. Yeah, Not even going to lie, right? He literally well, it, threw you under the bus and... Oh, fair, fair point. I mean, the odds, here's the thing. I got 4,000 to one odds or four plus 4,000 on a team that I called to make the playoffs. I still feel good about the bet. The plus 4,000 was bottom half of the league. And I had a good feeling about them. They started the season seven and no, I feel good about everything. And as I put a hundred fucking bucks to win 4,000, Joe, Joe made it out. Like I'm betting thousands of dollars on the, the Arizona Cardinals. And I well, certainly to- was not. So, 
to be fair here, Joe's speaking from experience because I remember him doing this back a couple of years <laughs> yep. ago, and I that, was that, this is just what Joe blasting does. him you yep. <laughs> for picking the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> this is well, that... 1,000% not what Joe does. <laughs> well, no, but it was last season's blurred lines where Joe put money on the Cardinals three times. Chris killed him in the chat all three times and he lost all three <laughs> times. So that's where this whole thing started where you don't put money on the Cardinals and, and yep. I went against it. So. Yep. It's what happens. Don't go against Joe. And I hate to say that because, well, you know, it's Joe and I love to go against Joe. So Ryan, maybe you've learned your lesson. So it is oh, no, I'll still go all right. Him, so. We're going to start this week. We're going against our running back accountability and looking at last year's well really i guess this year's 2021 running back finishes so the top 12 looked like jonathan taylor had won i think i feel like we all knew that as the season finished austin eckler at two Najee harris at three joe mixon james connor Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara. The big shock, I feel like, to everybody, Cordero Patterson, Antonio Gibson, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs finishing out the top 12. So I'm going to start here. I'm not I'm not even going to read off like our own individual top 12. A little different than what Joe likes to do, where he just kind of reads off everybody else and kind of just <laughs> lets us does what we do. Chris, your closest projection, and this is really what we're getting at. Like we all knew deep down we weren't gonna hit this a hundred percent out of a hundred percent. Chris, you're the guest this week. I know. Look, I, I know you as a person. You are a huge Der- Derrick Henry fan. Pre-injury. Yes. Pre-injury. Post-injury. Where too. did you say, have him? Where did you have him in the top 12? And where did he finish? We we need to get that out in the open. I had him at number two, and I spent many of hours. Uh, you know, basically arguing with people on Twitter who was saying to fade Derrick Henry. Um, he was RB1 until he got hurt. Can't predict injuries, of course, but um, I think I was pretty happy to you know, have him so high. One thing about Derrick Henry, I, I don't think people really realize this, but like every offseason, there's these articles and research that's posted about vacated targets going to the running back position. For some reason, it was quiet this year in Derrick Henry. I think there's some predisposition to that. Uh, But he was on pace to, you know, set major career highs in targets. He had, I believe, 20 20 targets um, halfway through the year. Uh, He, you know, Henry with 40-plus targets is a great Derrick Henry. Yep. Yeah, if if you start looking at the other guys at 40 targets, that's – top 36 of the league which is not where he normally is and we're talking past catchers like christian mccaffrey who missed time david johnson who was supposed to play that role daryl henderson um kenyon drake and james connor who kind of fell into those roles to have henry in a similar situation is not at all what you expect you just 
100% expect it to be 400 carries and whatever's left over in the passing game. But you had a really great point that people's predisposition to say he's not a pass catcher. We forgot that historically those targets should have always flown his way. Corey Davis, um, you know, Johnu Smith. John there was a lot of vacated targets. Yeah, we definitely missed on some of those. Yeah, kind of sucks because I'm one of those on the John U. Smith bandwagon. But you know, we'll get to that in a couple weeks. So just gonna, mm. yeah, just gonna let end, it go. The tight right. end show is going to be rough. yeah, tight end show is gonna be fun. Let me tell you. All right, uh, Chris, you were literally dead on on DeAndre Swift. Uh, projected him at RB fifteen. Finished at RB fifteen. Ryan, I know you were pretty dead on with DeAndre Swift, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know where I had him. I think I overdid DeAndre Swift. Okay. Oh, no, I had him in most 17. people did. Most, nope, most I had him in 17. So. 17. Okay. I mean, I had him myself at RB15. So I know a lot of that comes down to missed games. Clearly. I mean, we all know that DeAndre Swift missed a couple games. He probably fell a little bit in the rankings, but um, I mean, according, let let me just rephrase this. Like I I had him at 78 (laughs) targets, 62 receptions projected at 83. I mean, we all knew he was going to get targeted. How much did Jamal Williams play into your guys' projections? I'm just I'm just curious. And Chris, I'll I'll start with you on this one. It was more on the rushing side of things than anything. Um, I think Swift was really used as the exclusive like check it down. We're down by you know 14 plus um in the games. But Jamal Williams looked good on the ground when you know but when they when they were both healthy, like he looked a lot more effective than Swift did. Um, I basically, let's see, I split the carries between the two of them, giving, you know, uh, Swift maybe 20 more attempts. Yeah, that's essentially almost precisely what I did. I had Swift at 168, Jamal at 129. Um, I actually was very close on his passing game work. I had him at 76 targets. So I think the people who went overboard were the people who were right away willing to jump him up to 200 carries because we hadn't seen that from him before. Why all of a sudden are we giving him that work? And I understand it doesn't happen until it happens, but I'd still like to see something get closer to that before. So I think people just really bumped him up quite a bit, thinking he was going to go into this Alvin Kamara, touch the ball every single time role. And that was just a mistake. So keeping him about where he was, I mean, he went, he was 114 carries last year. Chris, I think you said you gave him right around what he had, right? So no, no, no. I, I gave him about 196. Um, oh, okay. I, I gave him I gave him over what he had. Some of that due to injury, but I, you know, so there some you games he only had. Didn't give him very many eight. touchdowns if you had his ranking right. <laughs> no, I yeah, I only had seven total. Okay, or yeah. All right, Ryan. I know you have Nick Chubb finishing at RB 13. He finished at RB 12. I feel like so much of that, like, when you look at his final standing, a lot of it was, like, touchdown-based. So I I really kind of want to 
get your thought process on just really Nick Chubb and and the Browns' approach to running. I mean, Kareem Hunt kind of fell the way of God knows what. I know I, I know he was hurt a little bit on the year, but you know Nick Chubb salvaged it. I mean, even with Kareem Hunt getting hurt, they still distributed the targets the way I thought they were. Um, Chubb had 25 targets. I had him projected for 26 targets. I actually over projected him on touchdowns. The hardest thing about projecting Nick Chubb and to an extent, Chris's guy, Derek Henry is it's hard for your brain to say that such a high volume guy is going to carry the ball for more than five yards an attempt every single time he touches the damn ball. So with Chubb, I had him at 4.9 yards an attempt So I had him at 271 carries, 1,300 yards. He had 228 carries, 50 fewer carries than what I gave him for 1,259 yards. Like he is a (laughs) monster when he touches the football. And you're right, touchdowns were a big thing. And I had him at six more touchdowns than what he scored. But when it comes to predicting these running backs, and we're going to talk a little bit about New England here in a little bit. If you can figure out, for the main guy where the work is going to go. You almost need to focus more on percentages than actual carries when you're doing projections like this because the passing game work shook out exactly how I said it was going to shake out, just not to the right person. I thought it would be Kareem Hunt, but with Hunt banged up, it ended up being Dearness Johnson, Demetric Felton, Demetric Felton, where they each had 50 or 25 basically um targets which i had projected going to kareem hunt instead and so it all balances out when you're trying to figure out these high volume guys but a lesson i think i learned for next year is there are certain guys namely hunt and derrick henry where you can't be afraid to give them the efficiency the 5.5 yards per carry that we used to reserve for guys exclusively like jamal charles so chris do you have any thoughts on new england backfield the New England's backfield. Um, gross. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, funny story. I had Damian Harris projected for 210 attempts. He had 202. I had him for, you know, 1,000 yards. He had, a, you know, 920. But I was so far off in my projections. You know, I had him at 34, and he finished top 15. I, yeah, you know, it's, ho- it's hard to predict. Yeah, it's hard to predict. I didn't think he'd, you know... He wasn't a touchdown guy. New England typically, you know, bold and scoring touchdowns. Stevenson at the time, you know, you had to shift the Cam Newton touchdowns elsewhere. Exactly. Yeah, that, that yeah. was a big part of it was last year, we couldn't get an accurate read on New England last year because of all of the Cam Newton theft. And so I think that made projecting them this year just infinitely harder, projecting the touchdowns. I think all of us did great on projecting the touches, but we got half of the touchdowns he scored. So, <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind of where I was getting at with this because – all right, and I'm assuming Chris is going to rejoin us here shortly. When it comes to the touches, I, I want to give myself a shout-out here. I literally had Damian Harris – with touches and rushing yards, 100% on the fucking nose. 202 touches, rushes, excuse me, 202 rushes, 
for 920 yard, 29 rushing yards. I was I was only off by nine touchdowns. Like <laughs> let, let's be honest, like that, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but who can predict touchdowns? Like come yeah. on, people. Like I had Damian Harris predicted to a fucking T, and I'm gonna take that to the fucking bank. But yeah, like we know James James White got hurt. It didn't 1,000% predict to what we all thought James White would do. No. I know, Ryan, you mentioned that you were pretty close on that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just slid to Bolden. Bolden 100% just took over the White role, and that's exactly – Bolden is an excellent special teams player who can be James White, not to the efficiency of James White, but he can be James White when James White's not there, and they love him for that. But, I mean – if you would have told me before the season that a new England running back, not named Damian Harris was going to have 50 targets, it would not have been surprising. I would have said it was James white. If I was said it wasn't James white, I would have said it was Bolden. I never bought in on the JJ Taylor hype. So. And, and I feel like that's hundred percent fair, Chris. I mean, I was, I'm, I was on board with a Ramondre Stevenson, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't know enough about him coming out of college to know what kind of passing game work we could see out of him. And that's, that's one issue of me not following these guys as closely in college as others. I, I mean, I watched him at Oklahoma, so I, I had a, a good, I good, I had a good feel for him, but of course, you know, he goes to new England. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it wasn't that far off. I had him projected within... So his actual was 133 rush attempts, 606 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns. I had him projected 137, 603, and seven. Wasn't that far off so I, I i feel like i had the new england backfield pretty well pegged in terms of rushing after they announced that uh cam newton wasn't going to be their starting quarterback which you know we touched on mac jones last week a little bit so um but in terms of some of the big hits i know DeAndre Swift was a big one. Chris, I know uh, I saw that you had him projected at RB15. We've already talked about DeAndre Swift, Josh. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I, I'm a little, little out there. We moved a little too it. swiftly. I get it. This is why I don't do this all the time. I love that Chris <laughs> fits the dad jokes into the real life stuff. Too, yeah, you so. know, exactly. Uh, Ryan, Michael Carter smashed on the michael carter projection yeah felt good about michael carter there you go man i'll throw that out i love it uh with carter i had him at 400 or 144 carries he finished with 147 i had him at 34 receptions he had 36 missed touchdowns just by two and missed his fantasy points i put on here that i had it right on but i missed it by two points i had him at 152 he finished at 154 um Ranking was just a little bit off. Uh, had him at RB33. He ended up being RB29, but that's just me giving too many points to running backs, just like I do with quarterbacks. So not too, too worried about that. But I, I kind of saw what this season was going to look like for him, and I like it. I, I think it's a team – You know, everybody bitches about San Francisco running backs and how you never know the same guy's not going to lead the team two years in a row. I don't know that it's going to be that exact offense with the Jets. And when Carter was in there, we saw multiple games, I believe, with 10-plus targets. 
we saw a quarterback who is going to still be a check down quarterback next year. Zach Wilson is at least a year away. So I, I like what it shows for Michael Carter. Unfortunately, we saw some injuries, so you got to hope we don't see that. But I believe it was just a high ankle sprain. Nothing we have to worry about carrying over from year to year. So I, I like a lot of what we're going to see out of Michael Carter. And I think avoiding Jets players, I think, is going to be a mistake because there is fantasy relevance, especially in the type of passing volume that that team should have to give us week in and week out. But with the passer known as Zach Wilson, though, I I mean, that's a counterpoint to your argument. Well, it is unless you're talking Michael (laughs) Carter and Jamison Crowder close to the line of scrimmage. Michael Are Carter, we 100% think... certain that Jamison Crowder is going to be that oh, he has close to, to the line of scrimmage guy next year? Yeah. I feel like that's I mean, Braxton Berrios, but I don't – that might just be me. Well they might let Crowder walk. I, Crowder but has I believe... to go this year because he's he was back on a one-year deal, wasn't he? I'm almost positive yep. that he yeah. a one-year deal. Yeah, they restructured his deal after we did our projections. Yep. The thing about Michael Carter, though, is like the two games where he just exploded in the in the target games were both games when Zach Wilson was out. It's a good point. That's what he had: fourteen targets and nine targets in those two games, which was very exciting. <laughs> but those were both Mike White weeks. You're absolutely right. Yeah. 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 Definitely love us some um, Michael Carter. Because I'm kind of going through and looking at our notes. I like me some Michael Carter. Point of the year. Ryan, you definitely like you some Michael Carter. So that's definitely a plus. So I kind of <laughs> want to I want to skip over to some of our misses and 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 look. There there's definitely gonna be some over projections here. Like, I mean, when you look at some of the running backs that finished in the top 12 versus some that didn't. I mean, my, myself, I only had six of the 12 that finished in the top 12. And a lot of that was due to injuries. Um, Chris had Derek Henry pre-injury. I mean, he was RB2, finishes RB1. He was one of the only three RBs that finished over 20 points per game at the running back position. Uh, Ryan had uh, only one of the top five correct, six of the top 12, but 15 of the top 24. So that's a pretty good percentage when you look at all things considered. So um, one of the big misses I I, I really want to hit on, Ryan, you were so weighed down on Najee Harris, and I, and I really need to hear this explanation. Oh, I remember, I remember our like, Steelers show. We talked about this in the offseason. Yep. <laughs> well, it's funny because I wrote I wrote an article for us last year where I said Pittsburgh relies on a bell cow running back. So don't I mean, last year it was to talk up James Conner, which obviously he got hurt again last year and all that. So I knew with a healthy running back, Pittsburgh would give 85% of their work to one guy. I still did not project it that way. Part of it was me falling prey to the bad offensive line, which we saw come to fruition. So I didn't project them with a ton of rushing attempts. I only projected them as a team with 370 rushing attempts, which is 
comical when you then go and see that Najee alone had 307 rushing attempts. Now, I'm pretty sure numbers-wise, I was probably pretty damn close to what they actually finished with because they just didn't give the ball to anybody else. And while every bit of history told me to do that, I didn't do it. So I had Najee projected at 254 touches, thinking it was a bad team, thinking that he would not be involved in the passing game. He ended up with 381 touches, which is just phenomenal volume. And it's what you want out of a fantasy running back, even if they're not averaging four yards a carry. My biggest concern is how well does that team improve? Is Najee going to be great or is he going to be Leonard Fournette where it's super inefficient and you never know what you're going to get out of him. So where did you have him finish in your projections? It was bad because of the work uh, RB 15. Hold on one second. At least he's honest. Yeah, I had yeah. I had him at RB 16, so I'm I'm right there with you. Oh no, worse than I was. I had Come him at, on. I had him at 20. I had him all the way down at 20 in PPR because I gave him almost no passing game work. That was my Achilles heel. I only gave him 46 targets. <laughs> so, Chris, what'd you have him at? Just curious. Uh, I had him at 226 rushing attempts, um, 51 targets. So I I was pretty far down there as well. I think. Yeah, we were. Yeah, very similar numbers. Oh, I was better than both of you. I had him at 12, literally 1,200 rushing yards. Whew. So he was only 13 rushing yards off of his total. I had him at RB8. Finished at RB3. So yeah, How many attempts did you have him at to get to yeah. 1,200? <laughs> Ah, oh, rushing attempts. I had him at <laughs> uh, two eighty-two. Oh, so okay. You get my okay, high so still four. Yeah, yeah, still over four to carry. That's pretty yeah, good. I for still had him at four, but I know that he was fairly low when he when it comes to that. Like, yeah, I, he was one of the worst. We we talked about this a few. Oh, weeks ago. I know. We talked about literally all year, but I like I was only. Tw- 20 give or take rushing attempts off of that like yeah. it, it it wasn't like i had a bit like five yards per carry like we all knew that the steer offensive line was going to be dog shit like and for me it just came down to the history of the steelers when it comes to their running backs in the offense they're going to feed them and yeah. when you draft a running back in the first round feed them the fucking football like yeah I mean, unless it's the Jaguars with, you know, Travis Etienne and he gets hurt, you're going to give him the football. That's exactly what the Steelers did. They did the same thing with Le'Veon Bell throughout however many years. He had some years where he was under four yards per carry. It happens. It is what it is with a subpar offensive line. That's exactly what they had this year. Big Ben, the best quarterback in his later years. You do what you got to do, but... That type of running back, that's what would help this offense. And that's what helped this offense. And they made it to the playoffs as a result. I love me some Deontay Johnson. But let's be honest, it wasn't Deontay Johnson that helped them get to the playoffs. Like, it just really wasn't Did they get to the playoffs as a result of their offense or in spite of that offense? Oh, they definitely made it in spite of that. Oh, yeah. I'm not even 100% in spite. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, no matter how you projected the Steelers, 
it's pretty hard to have projected Big Ben as bad as he was. 600 attempts for only 3,700 yards. When you look at the other guys around him, Matt Ryan hit 3,900 on 560 attempts. Mac Jones hit 3,800 on 521 attempts. If you were going to give the Steelers over 600 attempts, think about how bad you had to kill everybody's yards per catch to hit what Ben Roethlisberger actually <laughs> hit. Like it's incredible. Of that game, that game was. against the, that game against the Browns, where he had like forty-two attempts for like a hundred and thirty yards. Oh my god, it was awful. Everything about <laughs> Big Ben in twenty twenty-one was just awful. And we saw bits and pieces of it last year because we we joked about how bad he looked for for games last year. This year, it was bad. And then there's all this like, is it really his last game? It damn well better be his last game. Like <laughs> he's gotta stop. I almost think Mason Rudolph would be an upgrade next year. No. <laughs> the way no. these stories are going right now, it seems like that's the route. That's certainly the narrative everyone's pushing. And I, I know the Browns are looking forward to being. <laughs> oh, no. Stop, Chris. No, I don't no, want to hear that narrative. Oh, my dear God. It just. Oh, I mean, are we just okay. writing Dwayne Haskins off? No. No. <laughs> He wrote yes. sure, 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 sure. He never just, got to suit up for a single game this no, year, but just, no, I don't even know if he's he technically still on their roster. He is technically, and according to NBC Sports Edge, he has been given a shot at the oh. Steelers' starting quarterback job next year. There so you go. I'm rooting. We'll for him. see how free agency and <laughs> the draft. Yeah. It happens. I, I, I don't know. Like, you have Mason Rudolph. He's come in. He's played not exactly well, but he's played. Dwayne Haskins was a first-round pick. I don't know what the hell you want to think of him if you're a Steelers fan. But, like, let's be honest. You're not really thinking highly of him right now. Yeah. Your best chances at any hope towards 2022 lie in free agency. Are you going to get? Aaron Rodgers? Do you get Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you get any other friends? I like I I I seriously I don't know. But if you roster DeAndre Johnson in Dynasty, which let's be honest, I'm the ultimate DeAndre Johnson truther amongst everybody. It has me thinking. I'm not going to lie. You're thinking. Straight up. But if he stays in Pittsburgh, this is their offense. They're going to pepper him with targets. Oh, certainly. Because he is the alpha. So just keep 180 him. targets, thousand yard season coming at you. Yeah, he's Jarvis Landry. See? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. See? I mean Chris, it works. Ryan, I needed you guys for this sort of exactly. validation. Thank you. I do want to make sure we hit on Mike Davis because I think we all yes. fell trapped for Mike Davis and uh, he was brought oh, up earlier. Oh. I okay, we got RB we got some 30. Mike Davis happening. What? Okay, hit me. Go ahead, guys. Go I had him at RB33 and he finished at RB35, so I okay. pretty pretty accurately uh, – I, I fell trapped to um, the guy that they signed to their practice squad that was – 
competing for a backup job. I'm uh, forgetting his name. Either Caleb Huntley or um, the other Not rookie. Huntley. Um, yeah. Malcolm? Um, fuck, what was it? Um, I think I still Wayne Goldman was there. No. No, not he Bruce was their Wayne guy, Goldman. like before, like Quadra. No, it, it was the guy that Javion Hawkins. Yes, no, Javion Hawkins. I fell, I fell victim to Javion Hawkins in my rankings. That's why Mike Davis was so low. Okay. Well, what's funny is we had, um, I, I remember we had Stoner on the show after they signed Caleb Huntley, and he was yeah. all about this Caleb Huntley dude who I knew nothing about. I have been a Cordero Patterson guy for a long time, so I expected him to see work. I certainly expected him to see passing work. And I tell this story often and I like to give credit where it's due, but I'm also going to come at him about another running back later in the show. Jeff Bell wrote um, the Atlanta Falcons training cap articles for the football guys. And I had the pleasure of editing those. And every week he, he said, watch out for Cordero Patterson. I, I think he's going to be closer to an RB one B than an RB two. Like, I think there's something brewing here just based on what he was getting from these training camp reports. And so I bought in big, but I bought in big in the passing game aspect. So I still gave, I gave Mike Davis 256 carries on the back of what we saw Arthur Smith do with Derrick Henry. And I just assumed it was going to be Patterson in the passing game. Mike Davis in the running game. Now he finished his RB like 24 for me. Um, and that was with me being very down on the Atlanta offense. But I think the craziest thing with Patterson was I projected the entire Atlanta offense with 14 rushing touchdowns or 14 running back touchdowns. Cordero Patterson had 11 running back touchdowns. So like we saw Mike Davis fall into the end zone a few times, a lot more towards the end of the season where he finished the season with a whopping three touchdowns. I just didn't see Patterson becoming the guy. Patterson was getting the ball inside the five yard line. If you had told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have had you drug tested because it, it wouldn't have made sense to me when you go out and get Mike Davis. So for Davis, I 100% put him into a Derek Henry light role, which is exactly the trap that most fantasy analysts clearly not Chris. Great. Congratulations. Yeah. I fell into that <laughs> trap and, and there's actually a lot of chat going on on Twitter about this right now. Predicting usage when you have new coaches in an area is fucking hard because you just don't know what they're going to bring with them. What was actually theirs in their first job and what was the head coaches and just little things like that. And that's one of the things that I want to go back and work through my process a little bit because with Arthur Smith, I, I'm going to be honest, I haven't dug into it enough yet, but I certainly got wrong on that. He was just going to feed one running back the entire time. Chris, do you have anything to follow up that with? No, I mean, I I think, um, you know, I fell backwards into Mike Davis, like a successful hit here. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they do in the offseason. Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle. I say Patterson's, Patterson's not there. even on contract for next year. So, no, hey. he's, he's definitely not. And, and Chris, the reason I'm bringing that up is. Because I I feel like a lot of us had Mike Davis as sort of a trap RB, like he was kind of one of those like that was sort of a an assumed RB one, yes, because he was signed to be that guy with a specific team. And Ryan, you mentioned it 
not really. We'll see how the, the chips fall, et cetera, et cetera. Like myself, I had him as an RB31, I believe, was wow. my projected. And he finished at RB35. So I wasn't really that far off from the projected standpoint. And even when you look at like the projected rushing yards rush, or uh, receiving yards, etc., not really that far off but i didn't really have anybody like exponentially above him so i i feel really bad like yeah yeah fade mike davis but who are you fading him for yeah i was gonna say like, you're sort of just fading yeah the exactly you're, back you're just fading him like yeah that's that, like, yeah there's nobody really to fade him for like i i wasn't out here saying yeah Cordero Passer is going to be the RB8. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, well, it's just, if you look at Cordero just Patterson. said, you know what? My mama worked three fucking jobs. I'm going to do the same goddamn thing in the NFL. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, no. Well, I mean, Wasn't it would have been impossible that? to Sorry. predict. Love you, Cordero Patterson. Do you, do you, boo? Like, yeah. But it would have been impossible to predict his usage. He over his career coming into this season had 167 carries over a eight year NFL career and then has 153 in one season. (laughs) Thank you. Literally no reason to suggest that Arthur Smith was going to say, you know what? Cordero Patterson, you're going to be an RB one fantasy. I got you, homie. I got you. You are going to make everybody drink every volume of tequila they ever thought yeah. possible. Like, and I mean, that's not going to happen. Like, and and, and no. Chris, well, Chris brings up an interesting point of what are they going to do next year? Because Davis, I think, is under contract for one more year. Because I think his was a two year. He signed a two year deal. Yep. Yep. So Patterson's not. Matt Ryan is, you're basically tied to him. You obviously have this good young receiving core, assuming Calvin Ridley is ready to come back and play football. Your offensive line's getting up there and not playing well, and your defense is still awful. Like, I don't know what this Atlanta team's going to be and how it's going to benefit a non-pass catching running back next year. He he is under contract, um, but it's only a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar dead cap hit if they want oh, okay. to. Okay. So they front loaded it. Yeah. All right. I feel like we all felt that Saquon was going to be a big disappointment. <laughs> oh, I projected him high. I again, I don't project. I projected him. High I'm the same too. way. I, yep. I mean, just just looking at the show sheet, I I feel like I got that impression from all three of us that Saquon was going to be a big miss from all of us. We know that Joe Judge acts. Yep. Dave Gettleman retired. Pretty sure he got the axe. He just yeah. wanted to call it something different. The Giants come into 2022. New offense, new DM, new coaching scheme, etc. Generational talent. What are we really feeling here from Saquon? Is he that I'm... generational guy? That so many of us dynasty folk really felt that he is or should be. Chris. I mean, 
Uh, let's just hope, you know, if, if Daniel Jones is the QB next year, that he does not get hurt because it is absolutely painful to watch Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm throw the football. <laughs> but Facts. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think, you know, Saquon is a generational talent, but we still are, you know, falling trapped to that one season with Eli Manning where he just had what I think is like 120 targets. Yep. I think more realistically, we can expect what happened in 2019. He only played 13 games, um, but he was a borderline top 10 back. Um, points per game was higher because he missed a couple of games that year. I think that's probably his ceiling moving forward, but I'm not drafting him at a ceiling. Yeah, it, he's a guy – could not have ended your your piece a better way, Chris. He is a guy you can no longer draft at his ceiling, and that's what everybody is – you've essentially had people doing that where every time they're like, he's a steal at this range, because if he does what he did his rookie year, it's like, Oh, that's not really a thing anymore. <laughs> and so you have to go into it expecting at this point, I, I I'm not bought in on the sacron injury prone at all. If you saw the ankle no, sprain this year had nothing to do with him, got rolled up on at the very end of a play, nothing to do with Saquon whatsoever, but he is a guy where you have to pr- try to predict an offense that has just shitty pieces everywhere. And you don't know if it's going to be a one-year turnaround. You can't assume if it's Daniel Jones throwing to Kenny Galladay, it's going to be a one-year turnaround. You have to kind of expect a Najee Harris-type season out of Saquon and just hope that the passing attempts fall in his lap and that he has competent QB play. And I mean competent in the lowest possible version of the word. Also, did they pick up his fifth year? Go ahead, Chris. I believe they. I was just, I was just saying because if they did pick up his fifth year, he's you know last year of his deal in New York. It would be very nice to see him out of New York, but uh, they did. You know they could they could start tagging him every year too. See, I just don't know. I can't see New York. Well, I mean, I guess it's going to come down to how they play. I can't see them tagging him just unless they get sixteen great games out of him and can't get a uh, contract out of him. But now, but now, are we worried about him holding out? So. If not I mean, this year, next year. Like, yeah. all right. So just just kind of basing off of what I've seen from you two on your just just on the show sheet, like yeah, Justin did some things you didn't see quite. Like, all right, James Connor. Yeah. No way we thought he would hit double digit touchdowns, Chris. Hey. I know I you projected had him at 10. Touchdowns. You had him at 10. You had him at 10. <laughs> and he still almost Give me your thought press. Do you think A, he, he resigns with Arizona? B, if he doesn't, does he repeat? He should sign with Arizona. Um, he took that Kenyon Drake role and made it better, essentially. Yeah. He, um, I think the best that their offense looked was when they were featuring him and Chase Edmonds was kind of that complimentary role. Um, he's a vulture. He's a vulture in the red zone. I think, you know, I mean, I hit the nail on the head on his projections, you know, rushing wise. Let's see. I had him at 201 attempts. He had 202 and about the yardage the same. I think 
Anyways, long story short, I'm a big fan of James Conner in staying in Arizona. I would draft him highly next year, probably third, fourth round. Yep. Right. I feel the, I feel the same exact way. And Chris, you hit it on the head of what I was looking for there. I like to be right about the splits. And I had Conner leading in carries. I had Chase Edmonds being the passing down back. And I do, we had a question about Chase Edmonds I want to get to here in a second too. Um predicting 18 touchdowns for someone not named Derrick Henry just feels ludicrous. And now we have to throw Jonathan Taylor into that same conversation, but you just don't expect that many touchdowns out of James Conner. So all in all for the usage, James Conner did exactly what I expected him to. What I didn't see happening was a complete breakdown of Kyler Murray in the rushing game and James Conner just completely picking up that slack. But I have to say 100%. James Conner needs to re-sign in Arizona. I kind of touched on this before the season with them. The thing that guys like DeAndre Hopkins bring to the table and AJ Green bring to the table is pass interference inside of the five-yard line. And I don't have any statistics to back this up, but I'm willing to bet that if you go and look, there are times when James Conner scored touchdowns off of OPI or DPI calls that were got down there because that's a, a level of wide receiver those 50-50 balls, if they can draw those pass interference, that can really help a running back who actually gets to see the ball down there. And those are two guys who have been doing it for their entire career. This is the type of offense where James Conner is going to flourish. He could score 15 touchdowns again in this offense next year. I don't know if the yardage will be there, but the touchdowns can be there in this offense, and he will be a fantasy asset in this offense next year. I'm not going to lie. I agree with you 100%. If James Conner is re-signed with the Cardinals, this is about the most 100% like I want you in this offense and you're going to give me this much that you could get. He is way more viable to this offense than Ken Drake ever was straight up. He has that ability. He can... Poke it in from two yards out, one yard out, five yards out, ten yards out, whatever it is. Kenyon Drake spoiled us. And we did not know from that standpoint if James Conner was that guy. Because we've yeah. seen him in Pittsburgh be injury prone. And we've seen him be that effective. Yes. But injury prone. Yeah, and just so we didn't ago. know if he could be that guy. James Conner can be that guy. This yeah. is Cliff Kingsbury's offense. This is what he wants. He wants a big back, short centered. Give me what you got. I got well, you, bro. I we talked you. about that. We talked about how yeah, Kenyon Drake absolutely. could not run behind a center to save his yeah. life, and James Conner just did that well. But let's talk about his backmate because Elixirs was wondering Chase Edmonds next year. I obviously, if Connor is gone, you have to project Edmonds. Absolutely. Up. Let's go on the assumption that Connor is there. And obviously, we're not predicting injuries here. Do we see Edmonds in just the exact same role? Do we expect it to be better, worse? I, I feel like it's the same. Even if Connor's gone, they're going to bring someone in, or they're going to bring someone in with an Eno Benjamin to split that Connor yeah. workload. Oh, you want to bet on Eno Benjamin? Sure, <laughs> want to bet on you, no Benjamin. You want to bet on it? No, no, not at all. I'm, Never. you know, I'm just saying he could be, he could be a compliment to whoever comes in. Um, 
well, meanwhile, Chase Edmonds is still in an, in his, in the Chase Edmonds role. I don't expect anything different next year. I said the one thing I like about Edmonds is over four targets per game, like on average. And when you go back and look at his splits, he really only had two, three games where he was fewer than four targets. So in PPR, the floor is there for Chase Edmonds. Absolutely. And I think the floor gets a little bit better if there's no James Conner only because I was just digging into this for the red zone stats on James Conner inside of the 20 yard line, James Conner had three targets and one touchdown inside of the 20. Whereas Edmund saw seven targets, but that's because of everything Conner was doing down there to where you could see some play action, dump off screens to the running back that you might not have seen before. You might see a better touchdown upside, which if Conner's not there, I would lean Edmonds more. If Conner's there Edmonds is a solid RB three with weekly RB two upside. Um, so about the same as what he was this year. Fair enough. I don't know why my mouse is like 1000% just like, oh, okay. No, no, okay. Yeah. Carrington did ask, and I mean, obviously, it yeah, played yeah. a big Bring thing him into in. this. Yeah, my mouse is not working at all right now. Okay. Uh-oh. Carrington asked oh, yeah. if we all I fell have. on our face for Chris Carson, and I'm pretty sure nope, we all did. Not at all. Really? I drafted. Nope. I drafted so Look many shares of Chris Carson. I did. done. So, how did you have him projected, Josh? Because I or no, I, I I don't even know at, okay. at this point. Just <laughs> I. I had, I had him projected way more than he was going to go. I will say yeah. that. But, <laughs> yo, like, straight up, Rashad Penny? All, just give me all the Rashad Penny at this point. He straight up said, I'm that dude. Stop <laughs> banking on my, my injury history and said, I'm that dude. I mean, the so, one thing you got to be worried about with Chris Conner uh wow uh chris carson, chris carson? is with it being in with it being a neck injury <laughs> there's no guarantee that carson ever plays again so carrington's follow-up question was what are we doing with carson and dynasty at this point i am of i don't think there is any value i don't know of anybody who's looking to trade for him but i am of the thought process i would take anything for chris carson at this point or Give you just me- hold him Give me bites at the rookie apple. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, but give me bites at the rookie apple just because historically there's so much statistics out there that dynasty drafters, and this is not saying analysts are better. Analysts are just as bad. Dynasty drafters are awful. And most of the like great picks that end up happening are in the second and third round of dynasty drafts. Like The first we miss so much because we just get caught up in this rookie hype. To where if you can get a second or a third round pick, and I'm not saying you can, I almost guarantee you cannot get a second round pick out of Chris Carson. But I think I would move him for a third just because I know if I follow my information right, there are good bites of the apple in the third round of a rookie draft. So if I could get a, a another running back and a third round pick happily, but again, I think that's probably too much. Holy For example, Ramon yeah, Stevenson right, can was I, the third round pick. Can I actually get – hold up. I, 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 I feel like I might be able to get something. No, maybe not. Okay. I say, I'm pretty I, sure I, I got 
Amon Ross St. Brown yep. in fourth rounds last year. Oh, so be, you know what? Yeah, third Fuck round. Fuck you, because you're me. literally trying to get that from me in one league. So I, I was. Like All right. And then, yeah, yeah just. And then I, said, I, I can't. Just. Okay. <laughs> Beat my mouse a few times. I'm going to, like, full, full screen. Okay. I. Ah! Ryan, you're you're gonna have the closest show because I, I really don't. That's know. A, well. Let's talk about big All surprises, right. uh, Chris. You brought there up you go. All right. Eckler's touchdowns. Love you guys. Yeet. Thank you so much. Uh, RB accountability. We did not know that <laughs> oh that fucking uh, 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 Eric the Henry. Would has still have a top twenty-four finish after a game. Let, let's be okay, real; it I, just was not going to happen. Okay, it, it really not. I feel happen. like Josh has gotten more buzzed as the show. Yeah, no, there you go. It, it's a mouse. All right, I, I'm out. All right, whatever. Just, just close it. All right, whatever. Right, All right. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> I was going to let Chris talk a few more seconds, Chris. <laughs> Talk to me about Eckler's touchdowns because we all we all yeah, missed on he, Patterson. We all missed on Saquon, but talk to me about Eckler's touchdown. At 20 touchdowns, Eckler had 20 touchdowns. I don't know if anyone else besides maybe Jonathan Taylor had more touchdowns than Austin Eckler. I, I had him in the top 10. I feel like most people do. He, you know, with his projected targets and uh, at least he, you know, is the main person in their, in their like, uh, running back attempt pie. Um, but I, I I missed on it by like 10 touchdowns. Yeah, it was hard to even project RB. him. As, it was hard to even project him at 200 carries because we hadn't seen that from him yet. So, Yeah, and I love Austin Eckler, but I just, you know, 20 touchdowns is pretty amazing. Does, does that happen again? Does it regress to the mean? Yeah, it's hard to say. I want to end the show on two guys. And Josh, I'm going to start with you, buddy. I feel like this offseason, we've seen a ton of Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara hate, but yet they were both top eight running backs in fantasy. That could be a lot to say about the disappointment of the back end of the top 10 of running backs, but I know you're a Zeke hater to begin with. You were so happy to get him. (laughs) Oh, I can hear me. (laughs) Yes. Maybe I I can do that Josh. I had Zeke top 10. I'm all about Zeke. Zeke? No. Stop. Just stop. He's a top 10 guy. Him and Pollard, two different backs. Okay. Just two different backs. Let the people that want Tony Pollard, let them go grab them. If they are in Dynasty, let them have him. Let him have it. Zeke? No. Why? What about Kamara? Can you hear so me, Carrington? Can you hear are, me? <laughs> are we drafting Zeke and Kamara as top 10 running backs again next year? Yes. Chris, grab him. Seriously. Chris. If you can hear me, grab him. <laughs> yeah. Back end top 10. Zeke's going to be back. Um, that contract is way too horrific <laughs> to be trying to move him. I'm and trying just, to do a giveaway here. Hang on. All right. Oh my God. Um, I agree. I anyways, feel like, I feel like Kamara is 
super undervalued right now. I feel like there's a lot of hate going on with him. And so I'm looking to acquire him in many leagues because I think with a viable it's, quarterback, again, I think they're going to be in good shape next year. So it's, it's that touchdown, per, you know, he went from like 20 plus touchdowns last year to like what, not even 10 this year. Yeah, exactly. It, it, maybe he's going to follow that roller coaster because he had a bunch of touchdowns, obviously, and then not a lot. And then maybe it'll be another big year. Um, I do want to give yeah, Joe sure. credits on his sleeper picks. Joe correctly called Cordero Patterson, Damian Harris, and Leonard Fournette, who we didn't get a big chance to talk about. His only miss was he put Jarek McKinnon down as the guy for the Chiefs. But I guess he kind of said that meant it wasn't going to be Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And he was certainly right about that. So, um, Josh, you said we have a giveaway. Yes, I can actually hear you. Can you guys hear me? We've been able to hear you this what? whole time, buddy. Okay, then I then I feel really bad because it, <laughs> all right, cool. Um, I I really I I like I want to give away this, um, Deontay or not Deontay? Excuse me. Um, DeAndre Swift. No. Not even that. I don't, Fucking, know. I don't um, know who we're talking about right now. DJ Moore. Andre Johnson. Oh, DJ Moore. <laughs> DJ Moore. We tried to give this away a while back. Like, a couple weeks ago, we, we were able to give away the Chris Godwin jersey. So, thank you, John Helmkamp, for tweeting it out. Yes. I, I, I appreciate you. Like, we we do this for you guys. The, the ones that tune in all the time and Hey, we we appreciate you guys. So there you go. So um yeah, uh DJ Moore. We're we're gonna give this away. Hopefully you're still listening because at this point I literally have no fucking <gasps> clue. Uh, Michael! Henry. We know he'll answer. Yes, Absolutely. I know Michael. I <laughs> Michael, I love you, buddy. Seriously. So love you. We'll we'll get a hold of Michael and make sure we get uh Get that Absolutely, we will get in touch with Michael. All right, all right. There you go. Chris, yes. Thank you so much for joining us. I it's been a weird fucking day. I, it I'm has throw that out there, man. It, it, it's <laughs> been a weird fucking day. Like, wasn't expecting this. Ryan, thank you for putting up with me. Because, you know. <laughs> Got a lot of shit going on. I like, say it was it was an entertaining show. I can only imagine what this show would have looked like with Joe here, because Joe might have just kicked you out of the room at some point. He probably would have at some point. I'm not even in front line. Like, I... <laughs> not even gonna lie. All right, straight up. This weekend, heading into division round, hit up clubfantasyffl.com. Chris, you're bringing us some Thrive props, right? Yes, yeah. After a five big for five th- last for week. Five last week. Five for five <laughs> last week, people. <laughs> five for fucking five last week. If you do not have the website, fuck you for not paying attention. <laughs> Straight up. That's all I got to say. Oh, my God. ClubFantasyFFL.com. Hit up Club Fantasy's Thrive. We, we've got you covered. Joel Worth has you covered with our uh, weekend prop bets with our Blurred Life picks. Because who really wants to, like, 
play the like just go against the analytics like fuck the analytics yeah. fuck them go against them joe has you covered just 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 go against us we got you club fantasy ffl we got you covered here wednesday nights no pun intended saturdays 1 p.m 1 oh we're going 1 p.m going forward Work, got works works best for my girl she gets what she okay. wants there you go. DFS and chill. Ryan and Kira coming to you with, do we have a to be determined? We have a guest who won't DM me back. It's, I'm not going to throw a name out just in case I'm wrong. To be, be determined. Show. We TBG. got you covered. To be determined. But. To be determined. Worst case scenario, like you get me, the best mustache in the go. biz, with fantasy because pros, Ryan and Kira are literally the only ones that you need to have. Covered. I was just going to say, with fantasy pros' newest DFS writer, that, Kira That's Wytrowski. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like that—that—that's literally all you need to know. Yeah, like, fantasy it'll, pros wants Kira. It'll be Kira's great. got us. Saturdays, 11 a.m. Eastern. DFS one, and chill. one p.m. Eastern. <laughs> one p.m. Okay, that that's that's the that's eleven the mountain time. Okay. Yes, eleven mountain. <laughs> All right, one p.m. All right, here you go. <laughs> oh my God! Thank you, everybody. I'm hitting end broadcast. We love you guys. Hit subscribe. <laughs>